Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We have been talking about the Hillary email gate scandal, and I was explaining that the that Hillary Clinton, if you're not familiar with the story, had a personal email address in a server at her house, and she used that to conduct government business while she was Secretary of State. The government doesn't like that because they can't secure the server and give it its protections. It's afraid they don't want that information hacked. And also, they want to archive that information. So those are two big bads. But they don't necessarily rise to the level of a crime unless she had top-secret information on those because that's like taking top-secret information outside of the government. And the FBI has said that they found a couple of emails that had top-secret information in them, although they were not labeled as such. So that story is going to unfold. But I had said before the break that John was calling. He couldn't hang on, but what he said was, I said that the State Department has been hacked and that this whole thing came to light when a guy named Sidney Blumenthal was hacked by a hacker named Guccifer, and we saw the Hillary emails, but I had made the statement that Hillary did not get hacked, and what I meant was, There is no accusation that Hillary got hacked. There's no suggestion she got hacked or evidence that she got hacked. It wasn't she who got hacked that brought all this stuff to light. And John said, well, how do you know she didn't get hacked? And that's a good point that that we don't know. The only reason we know that the State Department got hacked is because they broadcast that information. Maybe they figured it'd get out anyway. Guccifer published the hack. Uh, that they got of the Sidney Blumenthal stuff, but it's quite possible that they're looking at everything, that, that foreign governments are looking at not only the State Department stuff, but also her private server. Then I got a tweet from uh, John, who is a Georgian living in England and listens to the show, tweets, tweeted at me, good evening. <laughs> um, it's probably the middle of the morning for him. I'll bet the NSA has a complete set of Hillary emails. And of course, that has to be true. He, they, they might have a complete set of your emails, you know, we don't know that. But it's, it is highly, highly likely that they have a complete set of her emails. I think there is something of a deep state where the NSA gathers all the information. They are building a data center in Utah that can contain all the electronic communications among humans for 100 years, something like that. And that's just one data center they're building. Now, of course, they're planning 
on storing that stuff where they wouldn't be building those data centers. So I think John's right about that. A couple of other tweets. We were talking earlier, uh, Paul, a caller said he thinks in these emails it would show that Hillary did not send backup to Chris Stevens, the ambassador in Benghazi, the ambassador to Libya, and that, that that's why she needed a private email because she's up to no good. She probably thought she could cover her tracks because this was not in the government server. And that uh, he also thought that in there it would say that she led the charge on the cover-up that said that this thing was just a spontaneous reaction to a video. That's actually what this initial hack kind of debunked. It said that, uh, or it supported her cover-up story. That's why I kind of smelled a rat with this, because the original thing, March of 2013, Guccifer came out with this uh, email from Sidney Blumenthal, an unofficial advisor of Hillary, saying that the that the uprising in Benghazi was in part sparked by this video, which we all know to be untrue. So these tweets I got say, one is from Dean, he says, they may have known, oh, I had made a point that Leon Panetta said we didn't send help to Stevens, Ambassador Stevens, because it wouldn't have gotten there in time. But of course, you can't make that call up front because you don't know when the crisis is going to end. What if it was a three-day standoff? I mean, you just don't know how he could only know in in retrospect if it wouldn't have made it in time. So Dean says they may have known when the incident was going to end if it was used to cover the gun running to Syrian rebels. That is ISIS. To explain that a little more, uh, resist me. We much tweets Benghazi was about running arms to Syrian rebels. The terrorists wanted and got them. Obama has the server as protection. So maybe that they're all in on this, that they all have uh, this quiet stuff. I'll tell you a little bit about Benghazi in the context of what I really think is the deep story, or at least I'm open to these theories. First of all, this stuff about the Syrian gun running, if you listen to my show and if you go back to the May of 2013 show, I was actually a little apprehensive about saying this on the air because it was just speculation. I'd read some some insiders speculating that there was some gun running coming out of Benghazi. I'm I'm confident that you did not hear it anywhere before you heard it here because I knew from the beginning that there was a deeper story. The cover-up is never the story. The cover-up is a cover-up because there's a deeper story. So I just thought that it was this. This cover-up was that Chris Stevens had, before he was ambassador in Libya, was there arming the rebels in Libya, which were al-Qaeda, and that... Uh, they then took those arms and wanted to kind of recycle them by bringing them into Syria, where they were also going for regime change, They meaning our government. And that this somehow went awry and he got killed. But there are deeper theories that it went awry. It didn't really go awry that, that Stevens was actually assassinated because he knew too much. And there was a whole lot of revelations that came out earlier this year about Hillary's behind-the-scenes maneuverings in Libya, including that Gaddafi was willing to step down, that he and his son felt like the rebels, so-called rebels, were totally outsiders, that this was a game, a plant, uh, that there was a setup, but still they did not want Libya to descend into chaos. So they were going to step out as long as we recognized kind of the military or whatever for a while so there would be a transition and it didn't descend into chaos. According to some, a lot of 
articles that came out in January of this year, I think it started with maybe a Judicial Watch inquiry, that they came out and asked for kind of mercy, asked for this opportunity, and Hillary just wouldn't even talk to them and and lobbied for this no-fly zone and basically just leveled Libya for purposes of awarding government contracts, it's thought, or controlling that super, that light suite Libyan crude oil, that it was really just base mercenary uh maneuvering politics. I did a couple of shows on it in January of this year. If you want to go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com and check that out because this Libya thing, not, I actually think the backstory isn't just what really happened in Benghazi. It's what really happened in Libya. And going forward, Libya is not completely under control right now. It's totally in the news. There's uh, tons of Al-Qaeda there, ISIS there, supposedly. They these countries that we go in and destroy are throwing off refugees, immigrants. Those stories are in the news. They're trying to get into European countries. They're dying in the water. This thing is just starting. Our involvement in Libya, I think, is at is entering phase two. And, and us talking about the emails is nothing compared to what really went on behind the scenes, not only in Benghazi, but in Libya. So there's a lot of backstory there I've covered before. You can check that out. But I do want to talk a little bit about if this is going to ruin her chances. And if so, who's going to take her place? Is Bernie? Does Bernie Sanders really have a chance? Is that okay? Let me know. I mean, do you think there could be a Bernie Sanders presidency? Are you ready for a Hillary one? Tell me what you think it would look like. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. The uh, weather today, pretty good. A 9 on the Mellish meter. Tomorrow should be similar, but it's going to get a little cooler as the work week begins. 83 is the high for Monday, according to the forecast, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather, brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I also have a McDonald's prize pack for you. A pair of tickets to see Yes! And Toto on Saturday, August 22nd at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater at Encore Park, produced by ASO Presents, and a $25 McDonald's Arch Card. First person to call 404-741-0750 will get that great McDonald's prize pack. We are talking about the Hillary emails, and I've got some really hot sports opinions flying around from the callers, from a Facebook post, from the Twitter followers. I... At the bottom of the hour, I want to kind of give you a breakdown of what I think you guys probably, as I, don't focus so much on. Like, I look at the uh, as the Democratic platform. I look at the Republican platform and see if anybody is different, anybody really goes to the mat for uh, the Bill of Rights anymore, if they recognize National security doesn't always mean interventionism. I look for nuances on the Republican platform just to see if there's any libertarians squeaking by. But I never really look at the Democratic platform. But it's pretty consistent between Bernie Sanders and Hillary. There are some differences, but it's pretty consistent. I think it's fairly consistent with Obama. It's amazing how much he has gotten accomplished off of that 
those points. And I'm just going to kind of give you in a nutshell what that looks like, but what the differences might be. If if Bernie Sanders is an avowed socialist and uh, Hillary, to me, is an elitist pawn, certainly collaborator. So what exactly would that mean in the White House? And I want your opinions too. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But let me just uh, re- <laughs> remind you of what a couple of the callers said before the break. One was that it didn't even matter who was going to be in the White House because over the next 16 months, or however long it's uh, before the new president would be inaugurated, the stuff's going to hit the fan, that there's going to be a dollar collapse, that uh, there's there another caller said that we're talking about serious civil unrest, that the run on ammunition is not just because they think that people think there's going to be a gun grab or an ammo grab, but because they actually are getting ready for civil unrest. That's very scary stuff. But I got to say, when I see this constant uh, acceleration of mass casualty events, of shootings, some of which don't, the, the details are so bizarre where the actors somehow the people who are involved in these have weird the government connections i did a lot of work on the boston marathon bombing that was like a very weird thing those guys had connections to the cia the alleged bombers you can check it out on my website monica perez show.com but when i when i see this stuff coming to a boil coming to a head i have to wonder if we are not really going to get to a tipping point. Now, I don't know if it's going to be so, I don't sense that it's going to be so dramatic that it suspends our normal election process. I don't I don't see that. But the fact that people are are really tuned into that are heightened in their fears towards something that major, that catastrophic. I don't think that's normal. I think that we really have kind of reached a frenzied state and maybe it's just that Obama needs to turn up the heat because he's only got a year left. He's got nothing to lose. He can set up the dominoes for the next guy to push over. It, it's there's it's definitely going to get interesting. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Tell me who you think is going to be the next president and what you think that's going to look like. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are talking about Hillary. Did email gate kneecap her so that she is not going to be the nominee? Is Jeb Bush not the heir apparent? I want to talk about that. I've got lots of great calls. If you're on hold, I'm going to get to you in this segment. But first, I want to just rattle off the Democrat platform, which is consistent between Hillary and Bernie Sanders. I never pay attention to this stuff, but if you're going to get a Democrat, then you're going to get uh, these. This is the platform. And what they do is their mentality is this. This is stuff the government can control. So you've got to think of it as central planning. When they say improve the economy, they're saying central planning. One, they want to make voting easier, which drives me crazy. I think you should at least have an ID to vote. Campaign finance, they want to reform that. Bernie Sanders wants to overturn Citizens United so corporations can't contribute to campaigns. 
the uh, uh, grow the economy by investing in infrastructure, education, and research. I think that you can grow the economy just by restoring economic liberty. Close the uh, the income gap with women, which I think if you hold everything else consistent, there actually isn't an income gap, but they would use the government to fix that. Uh, address racial injustice, especially in the police policing realm, which to me means they want to take uh, police, and if you look at Bernie Sanders' platform, put more power up at the top, kind of use federal guidelines and all that kind of stuff. I hate that idea. More government support for unions, raise the minimum wage, uh, immigration, Not don't break up families by deporting people, have a humane approach to immigration, as they call it, a mandatory paid leave from maternity to paternity to vacation to sick day that nobody can, can negotiate with their employees how they want to arrange that. It's going to be mandated from the top. And of course, tons of environmental stuff and climate change. So those are the kind of 10 things that they agree on. Bernie Sanders does seem to me to be a little more sincere, not owned by the banks. He wants to audit the Fed. Hillary Clinton, I doubt, would ever pound the table for that. And she has a whole section on her website about uh, intervening in foreign in other countries for humanitarian purposes, uh, taking a hard line with China, Russia, which I might interpret as antagonizing them. Uh, securing the homeland, which I always think is code for increasing the police state and the surveillance state, and putting a lot more money into the military. So she is kind of a hawk in that way. She is definitely the uh, handmaiden of the military-industrial complex, and I don't think Bernie Sanders is. However, he is an avowed socialist, so I'm not looking forward to a Bernie Sanders presidency. But let me hear from you, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Steve in Atlanta, you are on with Monica Perez. Hi, Steve. Can you hear me? I'm going to... Put you on hold for a sec, Steve. Hang on. I'll get back to you. I'm going to Dean in Atlanta. Hi, Dean. You're on with Monica. Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you doing? Oh, I, I, well, your question was, who do I think is going to be the president? Yeah. I think uh, Donald Trump's going to be the president, and I'll bet you he runs with Ted Cruz. I could see them two guys running together. They've been getting along pretty well. And this is as ripe, in my opinion, for Donald Trump to be the president as it was eight years ago or seven years ago for Barack Obama. Everybody is tired of the status quo. And you can blame the Republicans for having Donald Trump. It's not the Democrats. It's the Republicans not doing their job. Yeah, but don't you think that Donald Trump really alienates the people like in the middle and on the left who consider themselves intellectuals? Doesn't, it, doesn't he kind of offend their sensibilities or not? You think that the mass appeal is just there? I can see Donald Trump pulling voters off the couch that never get up and vote. I live in El Paso, Texas. I'm a truck driver, and uh, I listen to WSB when I come through, and I heard your show, and I bet you he pulls 40% out of the Hispanic vote, which Republicans don't notoriously do. They're usually in the 30s. I can see the Hispanic people believe he'll produce jobs. They're tired of a hand up on a hand up. And you don't think that they're totally offended by his nasty comments about illegal immigrants? I'm married to a Mexican woman, and all of my in-laws are ready to vote for Donald Trump right now. Wow. Well, that's interesting, because I always did smell a rat with illegal immigrants, uh, uh, legal immigrants who, who can vote, citizens of this country who emigrated from other countries, who 
get mad when uh, a politician attacks the illegal immigration problem, because in my mind, it's just as easy for legal immigrants to resent illegal immigrants even more than people who were born in this country. So I actually uh, am with you there. I don't think we're given the straight scoop on how immigration affects voting. I think both the left and the right use immigration for uh, for really highly political purposes and never, ever care about what the people think on that issue. I'm going to Tom in Woodstock. Hi, Tom. You're on with Monica. It's really interesting with all the non-political candidates. Um, what's it going to do with, like, the Senate elections and such? Do we have guys like uh, Boehner and uh, Connell that are kind of freaking out a little bit right now? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because in the in I guess 2010 when people were just shocked by Obamacare and really felt like they had lost control of their government, the Tea Party movement absolutely swept those elections for Congress and Senate. And maybe and that was about spending and big government and uh uh, taxing and spending because Obamacare was just such a big new program. Now, the feeling does seem to be we are just so sick of politicians that we'll take anybody. We'll take Carly Fiorina, who's not a politician, Donald Trump, who's not a politician. And uh, I don't care what ha- I don't even care what Donald Trump says or what his policies are. They just don't want that, which is absolutely at the far extreme against Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush, who I think in the end will get those nominations. But it seems like the the feeling, the zeitgeist is absolutely against those those insiders. It, it makes you wonder in the at the uh, House of Representatives level, how many people are there out there with whatever business background they're sick and tired? They're saying, you know, I'm going to get in and do this and they're going to primary these guys. And, uh, you know, we'll still have Republicans win in Republican seats. But it's going to be non-politician types, because you're right. I mean, Obama's taking care of himself. You know, two terms he's out. Uh, but, you know, all these other yahoos, you know, Ted Cruz did what he said, but these other guys have been a joke. Yeah, that's, that's something that I just will never get over, I, that I see that the media and the government, all their promises, all their campaign stuff, all what they say their ideology is, yet the government always gets bigger, even with the Republicans in place. They gave Obama that fast-track trade authority, which is nuts in my opinion, absolutely crazy. It just proves to me that it really is not Republican versus Democrat at that level of power, that they are serving another purpose. I don't know if it's the corporations or the power elite or what, but the trade deals, the way they handle immigration— no matter which side of the aisle you're on, on, on the immigration issue, what, what the government has done decade after decade is not a sensible policy. Well, it, it, I think it's an opportunity for you know, libertarians, not as a libertarian party, but as a, you know, a, a, a thought process or a, a way the country should be run, to be able to jump in and, and uh, get mixed inroads as well. Because you know, everything that, you know, those values uh, play well, and like you say, it's Obviously, someone is in those guys' back pocket, and you need to go. That you mentioned, Tom, thank you so much for the call, that you mentioned these guys, this is an opportunity for libertarians to emerge in the Republican Party. Remember, Ron Paul said he would never go for a third-party race. It's just too sewn up at the party levels. That these, the, the you really have no chance at some at some level to try to really overturn the establishment even if even if you are a pure libertarian i actually feel when people say oh the the media is so left bias 
And it is. You can see CNN, but even like Fox is left biased. I remember in Roger Ailes' biography, he said that they fired Glenn Beck in 2011 at the height of his popularity, one year before the reelection of Obama, because they wanted Fox to take a less partisan position. Now, what a less partisan position. So the right wing media wanted to take a less partisan position before a Democrat incumbent ran for president. That's just nuts but what i really think is the media and the government on both sides of the aisle are really big government centralized control power at the top uh they they that's what they want if they serve the power elite that's what they do and it's so un-american that we are really barry goldwater conservatives or at least libertarians like our founders were that was successful in our early years we liked economic liberty, civil liberty. In order to get Americans not to think that way, they need all the massive power of the media machines, the propaganda from from the primary level to the general election. Uh, every everything, all their firepower has to go to move the center to the left because that's what they want. But it's not really what we want. So I see the libertarians bubble up. But like Rand Paul apparently saw that if he doesn't play their game, he is not going to be included on uh, in the debates or whatever. But I, I don't think it's even working because what people really want is the genuine libertarians or even just genuine people like Bernie Sanders. I'm going to John in East Point. John, you're on with Monica. Well, there's certainly something going I've been at this 78 years, and uh, I've seen both Democrat. As a matter of fact, everybody in the South was a Democrat many years ago, and now they are Republicans. But you've got one station in Atlanta here where two women are espousing that white people want to murder all these other people. That's going on right now. But here's what gets me. Why, why is this guy Carter coming out of left field? and being appointed to this stuff. I mean, is he a dark horse? I mean, there's got to be a conspiracy going on because she's doing uh, dismal, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and you know, and, and you see all these shootings and things like that, and they can put people in the street overnight with riots and all of that. So there's got to be something to, to some of this stuff. I, I think if... If you look at people like Jimmy Carter's nephew or Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, and you just see that they're in these families, that they have been basically pre-screened, vetted. I'm reading a book right now called The Mysterious Death of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It was written in 1948, and it goes through FDR's family history that he was literally related, maybe sixth or seventh cousin, but to 12 U.S. presidents. And the Bushes are in that clan, too. If you update that information, it goes all the way to the present, where there's certainly a closer relationship than I have with any of those people. So there is something to, there's like a smoking gun when you see these guys who are related continuing to rise to power out of nowhere. I think there's something to that. Uh, wrapping it up after this, I have time for one more call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95. At AM 750 WSB. Getting cooler as the work week begins. 83 degrees is the high forecast for Monday with a chance of thunderstorms, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather. 
brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. Just before the break, we were talking about all the political relationships, Carter, Bush, Clinton. These guys seem to get a disproportionate amount of the power. And I've been investigating that somewhat and these relationships. But I got a couple of relevant emails. One from Paula, who says that Dorothy Bush Coke is not related to the Coke brothers. I thought she was. And another one from an email saying that Scott Walker is related to George Walker Bush. And a caller had said that on my show a while back, a couple of weeks ago. So I investigated that one. I actually got all the, I got the family tree out of the Walker Bush, I think, Pierce relationships. And I absolutely could not trace a link with Scott Walker and the Bushes. So I traced it all the way down. I'm confident that Scott Walker is not related to the Bushes, but Hillary's related to Bill and Jeb is related to George. And I think it's out there in the open for everyone to see. Uh, we, I have time for oh, just one quick hit. Robert, uh, tell me what you got, Robert. You've got like 45 seconds. Hey, Monica, I was watching um, C-SPAN last night. I watched uh, Trump's um, rally in New Hampshire. And you know how they always offer call-ins after the, after the show. Every Democrat that called in last night, every single one of them said they would vote for Trump, which if, if those people are representative of the rest of, of a lot of Democrats out there, this guy could be our next president. Wow. I, then I would have to start taking him more seriously because right now I view this as a reality show and it's amusing, but I really never thought he had a chance. That's food for thought. This conversation continues all week long on my Facebook page, Twitter at Monica Perez Show. You can get my podcast on MonicaPerezShow.com. And I'll be back next Saturday on WSB, your libertarian voice from 3 to 6. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.